Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to all of our supporters, anyone who supports anything that we do, specifically all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. Now, update on our camp. Our camp is still going on. It starts the end of June, and that's free for all the youth ages five and up all across the country or the world for that matter. Go to buythehoodcamp.com, and the link will be in the description to sign up for our free finance camp for the youth. In terms of our gala, we were supposed to have our gala to support the camp on the 18th. We're actually going to postpone that because we're going to do it bigger and better. Remember, we have a DJ, free food, all that. So we're actually going to ramp it up even better. You know, we have corporate sponsors that are you know want to come up, be a part of what we're doing in the Buy the Hood Ownership Camp. So it'll probably take place this fall, this black tie. Everything is to support our camp. But the camp starts at the end of June. So for the parents out there, make sure to register your kid, bythehoodcamp.com. And, um, you know, we'll have the link in the description as well. But I'm joined by my partner in crime as always. Core, Core, what's up with you, good brother? What it is, though. Every day above ground is a good day, so let's go get it. Absolutely. Listen, um, and our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community, putting out positive energy, building businesses, just, you know, showing that um, we have a lot of people who are doing good work. And this brother that I have with us now is into venture capital, which is very interesting. We're going to talk about that and talk about our role in that space. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce the good brother, Pedro Moore. Pedro, how are you, good brother? I'm well. How are you both doing, Jimmy and Corey? How are you guys making out? Man. Oh, man. Can't Chilling. complain, man. We here. We here, That's right? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. man. Yes. But we thank, you guys, thank you guys for having me on here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Thank you for yeah. coming through. Yeah, but we want to highlight you. We want to talk about the work you're doing because the, the space that you're in is very interesting. We always uh, you know, hear stories about how it's not enough of us in that space. But before we start to talk about that, let's talk about your background and how you got to where you are. So uh, where are you from? Where are you born and raised? Absolutely. So um, Delaware, uh, born and raised in Delaware. And uh, in terms of how I got to where I am today, it, I'm going to first start off is, is regarding relationships. Um, I went to University of Delaware. I made a little history there where I founded the, the uh, these entrepreneurship club, student-ran organization. Uh, a, a lesson I learned from Diddy back in the day, he always talked about make history. So I was like, you know what, what's better than being a president of a student club? How about you being a founder of one? So by doing that, um, I found the entrepreneurship club, which is still in existence to, to, to today. And then I ended up building relationships with a uh, venture capitalist and a few others that helped me catapult my career into venture capital. Okay, so let me ask you this though. Um, what part of, first of all, what part of Delaware are you from? And then what kind of student were you coming up before you got to the university? Sure, sure. Um, I'm, I currently live out of uh, Middletown, Delaware, but um, I was initially raised out of Newcastle and then I moved around a little bit and then I ended up settling in, in, in Middletown. But the type of student I was, I was, a, um, I was one of those hardworking students where I did, I did get good grades but I had to earn them, um, you know, because there's some kids who could just just not pay attention and just ace things. So I was the type of kid that had to stay up really late to kind of study and learn and all that type of stuff. But I was also that same kid 
that was selling you candy um, around the corner, you know. So I was that student because uh, I know every school has one. But I was at school with that student who um, uh, sold you music, sold you candy, sold you something uh, of value in order to kind of get a job. Because I also played sports all year round, so I could not, um, uh, I could not uh, get a part time job because I just didn't have the time for it. But I still wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that was to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So that's interesting, right? Because you talk about the students that don't have to, like, you know, study and all that. That that was Corey in high school. So me and Corey went to high school. That was Corey. I don't even, I don't, I don't think I, in, in four years of high school I've ever seen Corey in a class, but he always got you know good grades. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, then I, <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys. So no, I wasn't that guy either. I, 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 but I did I did yeah. Like, have a lot of we, we hate people like Corey. We yeah. Like Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know what's interesting though, I, I can relate to like having something for sale. What are the um. The, uh, the biggest products I had in high school, I used to sell locker mirrors because I realized everybody was vain. So I, I used to make custom locker mirrors with a name on it. And that, that was one of my big hits. But that that entrepreneurial spirit in terms of like, you know, being a hustler at that age, was that something that like, you know, come came from your household or was it just like something innate in you? Did you see like your parent or someone? Had uh, uh, no, I did not see my parents. My parents are the opposite of that. Um, they actually were against that. But I think to answer your question, I think it stems from my grandfather. My okay. grandfather is a great role model for me, you know, even from uh, uh, in terms of family. I always want a big family because of him. He's been married. He, 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 uh, he passed away some years ago, but he's been a, a huge impact or influence on my life. So he used to have a, a, a farm with like a whole bunch of garden, a, a, a large garden. So he lived out in the country out of North Carolina. So what would happen was that um, every so often I would go down when I go down to visit. He'll take me out to his garden. We'll pick watermelon. We'll pick cantaloupe. We'll pick okra, whatever it is, and gather all that. And we'll sell it to the local grocery store down there um, okay. or sell it to the actual community. And so and he didn't even have a pecan tree where I used to pick up that and all that and, and, and sell it to, to the local community in that area down there. And that was my first taste of commerce because it told me I don't have to rely on my mom for bubblegum and money anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was able to make my own. I mean, I didn't make much. You know what I mean? What, maybe $5 or $2 or whatever. But I had my own cash and I didn't have to go ask mom for it. And that right there, I think that's where the spark came from. Got you. Got you. Shout out to all the grandparents out there because uh, right. you know, yeah. they're, they're very important. Shout out to all the grandparents. Um, So now you found the entrepreneur. So I guess a step back from that. When you went to college, where's your major business or something of that nature? Uh, funny, you know, uh, I'm in the world of finance, investing in finance, but no, I studied, I mean, I studied business, I studied marketing and, 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 and management, but I only took like one course in finance and, and then I even got a C in that class. Cause I, I <laughs> what was your major? So, uh, it was marketing and management. I was a double major. I, okay. I majored in, uh, marketing and management. And so I took like an intro class to like finance, but I struggled with it and I barely got a C and here I am today financing companies, you know, the, the irony of all that. Yeah, how about that? That's amazing. So what was the journey like um, <laughs> after the college experience? Sure. So and also, too, I want to preface this, too. I, I didn't know what venture was when I was in college. I didn't even know. Um, I just I knew I love entrepreneurship. I knew I like small business. And so um, kind of post-college, what happened was those relationships I built um, with that club, um, there, was a, there was a Jewish VC guy. I built a good relationship with him. Also, that's how I was able to land uh, Damon John as a client, too. Because I built two uh, relationships at that time, and I cultivated them over years. So, post college, um, I did not get into venture right away. Still didn't know what that world was. Um, 
I worked as a manager in Walmart, so my little jobs or whatever. And I even co-founded during that time too. I did make a little some more history. I co-founded the first co-working space in the state of Delaware back then as well. And because uh, prior to that, there was no such thing of a co-working space in the state of Delaware. So fast forwarding, um, there was an opening at that Jewish VC's firm, mm-hmm. and he remembered me. And and because of the work I did back back um uh in college he remembered me and knew i was a good hustler so he was willing to take a chance on me and so that's where i began my journey and venture at that point okay so that's 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 very interesting so this idea of cultivating relationships right is it something Mm -hmm. that um you were uh, cognizant of or something that you learned uh, along your journey or what did you already understand i have to build and, and 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 manage these relationships uh, unfortunately, no. I'm I'm just a person who likes people, so I think it came a little bit naturally to me growing up with people around my neighborhood. I was just always that glue who connected people, and so um, so it came naturally. Now I wish someone would have told me to focus on relationships. That's one thing I tell students today: get good grades and build relationships when you're in college. Do those two things um, because you can't build relationships without good grades. Anybody going to help you? Um, but um, no one really told me, and I just kind of I guess I just had a knack for it. And and but I wish someone did tell me because I would have been more aggressive with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but but no, I just had a knack for it, and I just like meeting new people, and I just had a thirst because I did invest in stocks. Oh, here's another thing: I did invest in stocks. My dad got me into stocks, but I always had this curiosity, like because stocks are always around fifty, hundred dollars a share. But I was like, what if? How can you invest? Before is a hundred dollars a share. You know what I mean? I didn't know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, some years later, I found out it's venture. That's where it comes from. And but that curiosity just kept on driving me to to learn more and connect to the right people. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said that because for anybody watching that, you know, maybe younger or in college, um, really focus on those relationships. That's important. Yes. You no. Know? Yeah. That's very important. Harvard. That's. That's that's the reason why a lot of people are successful out of Harvard. It's not so much of the, the education. You don't never hear anybody talk about, oh, we learned so much from Harvard. No, it's at like, all. yo, at I, all. I, I, yeah, you never hear that. You hear, oh yeah, uh, my my roommate is now the CEO of such such company. You know, and he backed my startup. That's what you hear. You never hear, oh, we had such a a, a great time in class. You never hear that at it's all. It's about the relationship. At Every all. time. <laughs> yeah, man, it's funny because I, I know people that graduated from Harvard, and you you think that you know they were they're not the brightest people, the people I know, um, mm-hmm. but they got a Rolodex <laughs> that they can um yeah they could pick up and make some phone calls, so they don't have to be the yeah, brightest. Absolutely, person. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean? absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So so that's that's interesting. It's very important um, to build those relationships uh, all throughout life and to cultivate them and um, invest in them because one of the things Corey and I like to say is our and, and relationships themselves are an asset class. You know, people oh, want to talk about stocks and real estate and all this, but relationships are themselves an asset class, and you got to invest. And in they them. pay the hard, I, highest ROI. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Absolutely. I, I always tell. I always I, t- I share this with my friends. Uh, good relationships allow you to skip the li- skip the line in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're able to skip a line. You know, normally you have a barrier in front of you because of whatever it is, but if you actually knew somebody else, the owner or the the decision maker, you can go right beyond that person. And get in, in in front because of that relationship. Yeah, yeah. It allows you to skip the line. So, so you built those relationships. Um, and you, you started the uh the club in school. Um, and you got you said you had various jobs. So, how did you go from you know say a manager at Walmart to now into the? the you, you explain kind of how you got a job with the the, the gentleman. Sure, sure. How, 
so what was so, that like when you okay. got that job to move to where you are now? Sure. So, um, so when the job opening happened, I applied, um, and and so at the time I didn't really have a a formal role of like investing. It was just more of like, hey, I just need you to hang around me, kind of be his assistant, if you will, right? And the good part about that, like I'm, I'm around him all the time. I'm in the boardroom. I'm in the wherever, just taking notes. I'm I'm being a sponge, and so that's how it began. Because I, even at that time, I had to figure out like what is the world of venture. You know, I, I was clueless to that. And so I had to take time to read books to, to familiarize myself with things. And then the nice part, too, was that he always took me along the ride to somewhere else. So if he go to a networking event, he'll take me uh, along the ride. So 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 kind of speeding up, I had to learn quickly. And so then I ended up start helping with due diligence. You know, that's one of the beginning parts of doing you guys into real estate. You guys know how it is in real estate. It's the same thing in, in, in investing in companies is you, you learn a lot when you pull uh, when you pull back the curtain right and so it so it becomes that so then after that is actually helping find companies um to actually uh, uh, get into then after that is also now now you're in the boardroom with those companies and the board members and so it, it, it didn't all happen right away it, mm-hmm. it just builds up over time so in the beginning it was more of it i was more of his assistant gotcha you know um up, up under him learning everything i can then it became more of a like, hey, Paige, I need you to do this. So then uh, when I, I, I'll give you a little bit tidbit of how the, even the, the relationship built with, with Damon John. Um, so back then, um, Damon, Damon, before Shark Tank, Damon, was we all know, was from FUBU. And so, um, and so uh, uh, the gentleman um, by the name, his name is David, David Freshman. Um, he always, he, uh, out in this Philly, Midland area, you always put on a lot of venture conferences. So he always brought Damon John in as a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. And so those were some of the, when I was in college, those were some of the events um, uh, that I would uh, help uh, David out in. And, uh, and so, so that was good introduction for me. And so then uh, some years passed, um, uh, Damon got on Shark Tank. And then David, um, you know, because he already had a pre-existing relationship, created a partnership agreement with him and Damon. And so then from there, it was, you know, we helped um, perform a lot of due diligence and help help Damon out. So because, you know, uh, people are always going to say that everything's amazing. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And so 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 um, we are there to kind of help with that process before the before Damon actually moves forward with any of the deals. And so. Um, so that's where I ended up assisting David with, and then eventually became me doing a lot of it. And then unfortunately he did pass away some years ago. So then I am doing all of it. And then we ended up, uh, um, closing down the firm and then I just, and just ended up taking the contract myself. Okay. So that's kind of like how, how it all happened. Um, but, but, but it all started off with the rest of the relationships that, that started over 15 years ago. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That all started from a relationship as well. Yeah, when I was in college, like I didn't, I didn't know any of this was going to happen. You know what I mean? And and he, actually, I had there was a chance. I uh, I thought somebody was going to uh, hook me up. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Fubu had a record record company. Absolutely, back I remember that. Yeah, you remember that. And yeah. so I, I had a guy in college tell me he was going to get me to be an intern there, and it ain't never happened. So I was salty about that. But it's a, it's great to see it work full circle in this in this capacity. Where I'm able to, I mean, I do the same thing with other investors as well. But you know, Damon is you know one of one of my best people to work work with. No, that's that's him that's and his amazing. team. But that also goes to being a good person too, right? Because yeah, um, 
when, when people you don't want uh you know to 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 quote uh the notorious big you don't want your name to taste like ass when you speak it right so when someone speaks <laughs> your name in a room there's a certain Amen. energy that comes with it right because if you, if, because yep. if you were a home yeah. in college when you know when it came that time he wouldn't even thought of you right um yeah so, yeah. so treating yeah. people well that's another lesson you know I like to take Man. lessons when we talk to people, but treating people well pays a long-term dividend because I see Corey shaking his head. What you about to say, Corey? Yeah, because it don't cost nothing to be nice. It doesn't yeah, cost anything. It doesn't. It, it doesn't don't. cost anything to be nice, right? Like I'm nice to people I don't like at all, but it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. if I like them. It doesn't matter whether I like them it or not matter. because it doesn't matter. Nice right. is my default. Now, gotcha. you know, yeah. you know, you like see me. You see me be other than nice. Yeah, but the you. thing is, I always start. My default is nice, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. Because yeah, I don't know who I don't know people, I don't know what they go through, I don't have any idea of the struggles they may be having at that particular point. So I always default to nice when I start, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yes. when yeah. you're building relationships, you know, what I mean, a lot of people will call me a lot of things and they'll say a lot of things about me, but the one thing they won't say is in our first interaction that I was rude or disrespectful or or whatever now over time they may say that but in our first interactions <laughs> it'll never start that way yeah but that's yeah. one of the lessons i'm taking from pedro's story because uh you know a lot of people um put you in position but it's based upon their opinion of you as a person right you're, you're absolutely right and, and uh to add on to that um you know i have contacts to high profile people you know uh very financially successful savvy people and i can call them up and get insight. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even have to pay for it. You know, there's one guy mm-hmm. in particular who used to be an old portfolio company, sold his company for like m- multiple millions. And I can, you know, call him up and get him feedback on a, uh, a deal in, 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 or, or something, you know, and he'll sit down and talk to me. You know what I mean? With, with no problem at all, you know? And so that's the nice, the benefit of those relationships because you can, because then, you know, when you, when you, for example, like I am working on trying to create a new vent, a venture fund. And so sometimes, you know, you don't want to always have to pay someone to get insight. So sometimes you want to just be able to pick someone's brain. Mm-hmm. And so I leverage those relationships to say, look, man, you've done something similar to this. You know, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it allows you to get real seasoned uh, insight from someone that has the deep, deep expertise, yeah. you know? And so it's, and it's a beautiful thing because it allows you to get connections to wherever you want to go. Yeah. And some people will have to pay uh, a lot of money for that for those consultations, right? It's like you're almost getting yeah, consultants yeah. on your team, you know. Yeah. So, so my next question to you is: for someone that has no idea uh, what venture capital uh, venture capital is or what a venture capitalist does, um, how would you, um, you know, uh, you know, dumb it down to explain exactly what venture capitalism is? Sure. sure. I remember someone had a meme um, uh, about, "Hey, uh, explain horribly what you do." And so I made a joke. I, I said I take uh, money from rich people and pour it into companies that will will will, will uh, crash, you know. Um, and so, but but that's just making a, a joke of it. But so, but really, what happens is is that um, what you do is uh, venture capitalist is uh, we'll start with what a venture capitalist is is that it's an investor, okay. And the reason why it's a venture capitalist is because he manages other people's money. So he does have to go to rich people or uh, uh, institutions, and those institutions can be universities, pension funds, um, uh, big corporations, 
high, very high net worth people, whatever the case may be, and they put money into a pot. And then me as the VC have to take that money out of the pot and put that money into various companies. We had to put it in a lot of companies, okay? And, and uh, we always use this kind of a, 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 a portfolio of 10 scenario to easily explain it. Um, so we would like to spread that money off to like 10 different companies and we'll take a, little, a minority stake in those. And our hope is that though that through the capital that we provide, these companies grow and get acquired by an Apple, by a Microsoft, by a Facebook, by whoever the case may be for a large sum of money. Because once the, once that happens, we collect that money, give them back to our investors who we call limited partners, LPs, but our our rich people investors, and then we take a percentage that for ourselves, and that's okay. how wealth is created. Now, in, in that scenario of just using ten as an example, um, what is the success rate that you look to have us? I was about to ask the exact same. Question. Yeah, so as a venture capital firm, um, in order for you to be successful, what percentage of those investments have to uh, kind of obviously you want them all to work out. But what percentage yeah, yeah. has to work out for you to be run a successful firm? Uh, I, I, well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that two ways. So one, um, well, my answer here's how I'm gonna answer that. The reality is, majority of them don't do not. Uh, a third go disappear. Uh, a third you might break even. Um, so the reality is, you really need a third of that to do extremely well, to pay uh, like a ten times return. Um, that's the goal. And does it always happen? No, but the goal, when you would, when you go in to invest, the expectation is some kind of 10 times return because you understand that the rest of your portfolio, more than half your portfolio is not going to really do much. So you're going to need a quarter of your portfolio to really do so well that it can pay back for the loss of the other investments plus more that make all your investors happy. Got you. Got you. So it's like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, at the end, the scenario is that that you can tell your LP that you made three to five times return in terms of whole portfolio. When I say that, in terms of when you include the losses and all that mm-hmm. uh, uh, in there, but but the companies that 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 to help you yield that return, they got to do at least a ten x type of return. So we invest at a dollar per share. Mm-hmm. We need that to be sold to Apple. For ten dollars a share, understood. Understood. So that's 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 how we that's how we make our money. Got you. Understood. So getting into this space, what would you say was the uh, the biggest eye opener and the most shocking thing that you learned? Because you said you didn't know anything about venture capital. So once you start to learn, what was that moment like when you realized that this is how industries start? Um, that I was thinking about business entrepreneurship all wrong. Well, first the exit. The, the, the our community does not think about exiting companies as compared to other communities. Okay. But the reality is exiting a business, that's where the wealth is created. You 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 build a company, a high high growth company, and you sell that for a ton of money. That's where the wealth is created. And so it made me start thinking differently because when I first started, my thinking of entrepreneurship was the soul food restaurant. You know, the small business, the cleaning company, the contracts. But like this was a whole different world. These people buy and sell businesses all day long. And, you know, uh, 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 and the other thing is, too, 
they grow so fast in a short period of time. Okay. And so that was the first thing of one exiting, thinking with the end in mind, who can buy my company at the end of the day and for a nice multiple. So that way you can retire handsomely. So I would say that was the biggest eye opener because prior to that, no one ever talked about building to sale. No yeah. one ever brought that up. That's still like a hot button topic within our community, right? Because you see companies that will scale to a certain point and then sell to a bigger company. And there's always this mm-hmm. debate in our community whether whether it was good it was good for the community yeah it's whether they sold good. out or not like the, no one yeah. talk, because what you said is true that that part of the education a lot of us don't have it um and we don't understand like you know that when people run companies they have bills right you everybody likes to count everybody's money but they don't count their expenses um mm-hmm. and with that being said mm-hmm. you know um an example would be i remember when carol's daughter was sold or when uh, what's the company mm-hmm. that Tristan Walker had that he sold to like P and G? Oh, uh, Bezel. Bevel. Yeah, Bevel. Yeah. Oh, I remember both of those times, and people were like, "Well, why didn't you know they scale it up and take it public as opposed to selling to the bigger entity?" But that's where that conversation about your exit comes into play. Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Because I, I know that's always a debate within the community. Like, why why can't we have yeah. the, our own P and G as opposed to building companies to sell to the bigger company? Well, first of all, it's very, 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 very hard and rare to go public, number one. Even white companies rarely do that, rarely do that. So number one, so not opposed to do that. You could definitely do that. But to do that, the likelihood of that is very, very, very slim. You probably have a better chance winning a lottery. You know what I mean? Don't quote me on that part. I'm making a joke. No, but I I get your point because I think a lot of times we don't think about just how many businesses are in the country. Right. Yeah. There's a certain number of businesses yeah. that are on the market, but that's not a majority of businesses. Yeah, not at all. Not, not even close. All. Not at all. No, not at all. There's 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 a gazillion companies today that are running a hundred million dollars. I was talking to a CEO the other day who has a manufacturing company. He's not publicly traded. And you no one knows who this guy is other than probably his immediate network. But he does two hundred million, two hundred fifty million dollars a year in revenue, man, in revenue. OK. That's the success. He's not public. So the other thing is, too, because once you go uh, public, you have a lot more scrutiny. You got to answer the shareholders. You got to answer the shareholders. You, you don't own. You don't own. So, you, so, the, so, so, so there's this pros and cons thing. So even raising venture, too, you have new shareholders, your VCs, and you have a board. So, so there's not, nothing wrong with that. But you do have to answer to other people. Okay. And so if you grow up, if you grow to a certain size and you're independent, you do have a little bit more control to yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and it's not one, I wouldn't say one is better than the other, but there is an awareness that you got to be okay with that one, the reality of people going public is very rare, even for other communities, very rare. The, the more common scenario is being acquired mm-hmm. and that's where the wealth is uh, 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 at. Now for VCs, we need companies to acquire because that's how we make our money. Yeah. You can't, you know, in our in our in our uh, our fund lifespan is only like ten years. So we need you to we need to invest, and we need to get you out by five to seven years, okay? But still, um, even if you're a company that's growing, um, uh, 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 you can hold the company for 10, 20 years. You don't want to retire one day, mm-hmm. and your kids. Everybody always said, "I want to give it to your kids." Your kids may not want it. That's a reality. Yeah, that's man. A- may not want your stuff you know I, I, I my pastor, you know that's 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 the reality people, you know i know it sounds good for instagram but your kid may have other dreams and how selfish would it be to force them 
to 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 have your 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 uh, soul food restaurant when they wanted to be an engineer. Yeah, yeah. You know what Good I mean? No, and then, and then even in that, and then even in that scenario, did you even set your kid up the best way? So now he or she is in there cooking, cleaning, working because that's a job, really. People forget if you're a sole proprietor, you're running your day to day. That's still a job. Versus, it's a different scenario when you give a a, a company to someone when they they are they are managing it, they are run overseeing it. Versus, I gotta bait the cakes myself. Mm-hmm. That's a day different day. dynamic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the end of the day, so like my pastor, he 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 had his insurance company for a long time, making good money. But um, but to your point about in terms of selling, um, he was uh, he had an all state uh, business, and so. Um, he sold it for several million dollars, but part of the reason why he sold it because he got tired of the changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what do you do? You you going to just keep going into uh, into work not happy? You yeah. know. So, so the other thing too, and I'll end it with this, is that we you know in terms of community, if it, it is you know we, you guys know you guys are entrepreneurs. Building companies is hard. Yes. In terms of community, mm-hmm. where are you at in terms of community in that, in that beginning phases, right? Where are you at? And that's the hardest part. So why not allow someone to get their reward after their hard-earned years at the highest price because we buy and sell houses every day. Why, how, how come we can't buy and sell businesses? It's the same thing. No, I'm glad you said that. That's why I wanted you to go deeper on that because yeah. I, I agree with you, right? Because I don't, and, and, But the thing is, I've seen this so many. I remember when Bob Johnson sold BET and people were yeah. criticizing him for it. But, but but in retrospect, if you look at all the jobs that he's created with the revenue, with oh, the money absolutely, from that, absolutely, because he created like five, ten more companies, probably more than that. Absolutely, he's put so yeah. many people yeah. to work and put so many people in power that is like now looking absolutely. back at it, like you can't criticize him because he took that capital and did so many good things with it. Yeah, he did. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and and even in his wife, she got a good chunk. She owns a, and, good, and she's, uh, a she's ton of uh, she's hotel. employing people too. Yeah, she's employing I stayed, I stayed exactly. at one of her resorts in Tampa. It was yeah. immaculate too. Boom. Yeah, and, and also I want to add to another reason for selling too is liquidity, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know most of small business owners or entrepreneurs, their wealth is tied up. Most of their wealth is tied up in the business. That's paper wealth. Yeah, they can't do nothing with that. They can make not millions, maybe it's not or something, but it, it's not realized until they sell. So you, so how dare you tell someone or shame someone for selling when you said it earlier? When they got a life going on, maybe they got to sell because they tired, or maybe they got maybe something happened to their family. They got to pay for hospital bills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, so so there's a lot of things that that, that man, are in nobody there. mentions competition, right? Because sometimes a company, oh yeah, competition, you a, yeah. A company will say, look, you can sell to me or I can create a competitor for you and put you out of business. And then even if my business it happens, to see, it will put yours out of business. Listen, I've seen I've it, seen it, Coca-Cola, it Coca-Cola do that to companies. Um, I was watching a documentary we were talking about uh, the, um, the, the, the it's, what's it called? It's a, it's a tea company that where they put like a little honest, sugar, honest tea, tea, where they literally mm-hmm. told them either you sell to us or we're going to create a competitor and put you out of business. So the guy said, yeah. "Okay, he cashed out for several million dollars." Yeah. But you know, listen, that that's part of business too, right? Um, it, it, it it is. And, and and I'm gonna say one more thing. You, 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 this is your fault, Jimmy, because you um you, you, you sparked <laughs> something. Um, and you too, Corey. Um, but, so so the other thing is too, because we complain that we don't have no fam- family and friends around to raise money to start new businesses, right? We complain mm-hmm. about that, right? So 
you know, where do you think that money's going to come from? If we want more of that, these people have to build businesses and sell them to get the cash, liquidity, to yeah. eventually invest in in the, the other the businesses. smaller businesses so, that can come up. Yep. Yes, you you need <laughs> you need those people who because you uh, you already mentioned Bob Johnson is what you you need these people to exit to get that liquidity to get that cash to do something else with. You know, you can't complain about one end of the spectrum and, and, and also at the other end. You know, you can't say like, hey, we can't tap our family and friends because we, we don't have no wealth. Well, if you, but at the same time, if someone is building wealth, you cannot shame them for selling um, something so that way they can have that cash to do more with. Mm-hmm. You know, there, uh, now there's a guy that did do that. He sold it to Unilever. I'm drawing a blank of his name. Um, um, but he built a whole nother uh, fund and yep. invested in a lot of black and brown women. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I know you're talking about. He made you shape, know what I'm talking about. I'm drawing a blank for his name right now. Yeah, 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 the yeah. shea butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's that's a great example. example. Great example. Great example. That's why I wanted you to weigh in. I'm glad you, uh, you know, weighed in on that. I have a couple other questions in terms of venture capital sure. for, for the people in a minute. So outside of just capital to build a business, is there any other support that you offer a firm that you're trying to help get? You said that 10-year period. So if you invest in a firm and you're trying to get them to get to uh, an exit, do you give them um, other support in terms of maybe like consultation or anything at all? Uh, yeah, I mean they're always um, uh, they're always um, available for uh, to reach uh, you know the investor. You know that's that's part of the benefit. Um, but normally um, the portfolio company has a board of directors and they're the ones that are in there um, discussing. And so so sometimes VCs can get a board seat, sometimes they can't. You know, okay. so it all, it all depends on what's negotiated. Um, so, you know, and normally you always have these quarterly meetings. That's where you get the updates. That's where you get the feedback. But the one value add, um, you know, typically VCs don't, don't, should not, in my opinion, should not mingle that much. Okay. Um, because you're invested in the entrepreneur and you're assuming that they know what they're doing. But the one value add that you definitely can do outside of just, you know, mentorship or whatever is a connection. So if you have any connections for them to raise more capital, find another customer, you can definitely do that because that's just a connection. And going back to what we talked about earlier with relationships. So if you got somebody, uh, you know, you have a product that's great for Target, and you know the the, the Target CEO, you make you connect the dot so that mm-hmm. way Target be your portfolio company's you know uh, client. Gotcha. So, but that's the biggest value add that that a VC can provide is connections. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, and the other question I had is, um, you know, the phenomenon known as um Shark Tank, right? And I know you've worked, you mm-hmm. work personally with Damon, but how has that uh, helped or hurt the venture capitalist business? Is it a, is it? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably a net positive, but are there like other like you know negatives that come from that show being on and being the hit it is? Like, are people like running up on you, like trying to pitch to you, or what? what how is that? Uh, yeah. That so. So I would say it did more good than, than bad, but there were some little bad things. Um, so, for example, it's a TV show in a sense that so 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 things are a little bit different. Um, so what I mean by that is that so some because of that show, sometimes people really think that um, I can get a deal within 30 seconds of pitching to you in real life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? That so, ain't so, so yeah, so so sometimes it, it, it does take a little bit of just education, like, no, sir, that, that might not happen today. You know, we, we got to walk together. You know what I mean? Because the reality, that's a show. You're, they, it's there's also, so, there's a behind the scenes of Shark Tank where, where uh, and I think it was like, um you know, uh, one of them, Barbara, whoever it was, said that 
a majority of those deals, even that close on TV, don't actually close once they start pulling back the curtain and looking at people's numbers. And oh, absolutely, work, absolutely. I mean? That's but, that's, but again, my, that's my role. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but it's produced. Yeah. So yeah, so that's your role. Yeah, when it, yeah. When, it's, when it goes good on TV, it's like all right, send it to Pedro to vet this, right? Yeah, it ba- basically yes, yes, because because you you're 100 right because on TV everything's amazing about your company, right? Everything's amazing about your company. You know, you're not going to tell us that, you know, you had to rob a bank yesterday just to pay payroll, right? You're not going to tell us all that stuff, right? You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, you're going you're gonna to show, you're going to show everything that's amazing. Yeah, but like, like you know, you got to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? And so, so, so you got to pull back behind it, uh, uh, um, you, you got to pull back the curtain to really look up, look back and see what's really going on to really assess, you know? And so, um, but so I say that's probably the downside that uh, it, it, it's, 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 uh, I had a an expectation of like, Hey, that may not happen in real life because, you know, you know, may not be able to get a deal just that fast. Right. You might still be able to get a deal, but it may, mm-hmm. may not be happening on, on a show just like that fast. But the other good thing I will say as a positive thing, one, I think one, it, it's it's increasing desire for entrepreneurship more. It's giving other people because a lot of times venture is really an elite club, even though it's changing a little bit. It's an elite club. Like that's why I was blessed to get in there because I have an undergrad from University of Delaware, just a regular state school. Normally, um, it's it's Ivy League, Harvard, Yale, mass, master's degree in finance. I don't have any of that, and and uh, so. So to have these people to build great companies and still have a pathway to, 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 to capital as well as distribution because you're on a national network TV, it just helps really change the, uh, the uh, path for new entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's a great thing, especially a lot of these people, um, not all of them, but some of them are just, you know, your average Joe around the corner. And it's mm-hmm. giving that average Joe the opportunity or Jane. Um, the opportunity to really do something amazing for the company. So I would say that in that case, it didn't work, even though there are some little bads, in it, but you can't have no good without some bads. But I would say that outweighs all the bads. I'm willing, I'm willing to, you know, talk someone down and say, no, that's not real in terms of like, you want to check today after you just yeah. told me 30 minutes ago, what your company is. Um, so, so um, yeah, I would say it, it, it does that good because it just gives, creates more opportunities creates more opportunities. And one of the last thing is it also excites more angel investors. Got you. Which is great for all community, even our community. Is now um, saying like, oh, I want to be like a Damon, right? I want to be like, I want to invest in other startup companies as well. And got, and so every rapper this, in this the world out here trying to be a, a VC now. And that's good. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, and that's yeah, cool, absolutely. right? You got Nas and, you know, Nas and Jay was the, you know, headliners. But there's been other rappers that have been VCs for for a long time. You know, Chameleon there. And, and now you got. Uh, been was, too? Yeah, yeah. Like, so there's a lot of different things that a show like um, uh, Shark Tank has brought upon us, right? Because now, you know, when they see other people succeed. It makes it makes it more like oh I can put my money over there and still make money instead of them hoarding the money yeah. and, and and not giving yeah. it back to into the so now it, it's giving even more companies a chance to, to get their you know get their product or whatever they got going mm-hmm. off the ground so you know exactly 
rappers and athletes taking that money and putting it back into into these businesses and and becoming billionaires off of a business that they didn't even do but so, you know yeah with that, with that being said decor i'm pretty sure pedro you're still like a minority in these rooms anytime you go in a room oh for sure probably not too many people that look like you within this space so i guess the question i have is um what are some of the things that we can do or, or that you're already doing or something that we can do to get people interested and the youth specifically interested or understanding what venture capital is and how do we you know get more people involved in this part of business because like you said this is where the, the true generational wealth is built so how do we get more people yeah. in space yeah yeah well first I, I want to um say that uh and, and it's not even just for me personally my, my objective now is to help more of our people build high growth companies mm -hmm. and reason why i say that that can that that involves the venture world but also that involves companies that may not raise capital from vcs but still are high growth high easily scale companies and so and the reason why i say that too because as the more and more more and more our people uh, it's like we creating i think you said earlier ecosystem because if we have more black and brown founders build consumer product companies tech companies or whatever something that's can scale fast even franchise systems you know i i i here in Delaware, I helped two people convert their individual business into franchises systems. You know, now they are the McDonald's folks selling, okay. uh, getting royalties for their their things. And so that's still a high growth business because now um, they're multiple. They become more valuable. But anyway, my point is, is that um, I want people to understand, start thinking about this, because now even if you have an accounting degree, you don't have to go to Bank of America to be an accountant. That's said that you don't even have to start a business, but you can be an accountant at a black high growth company. What if the, you're an accountant at a company that sells product in Walmart, yeah. right? And it's black owned. Like how would, how much better that make you feel as another black or brown person that you work for a startup company that's doing maybe five, $10 million a year is ran by a female that looks like you. You know, and her product is inside Target. Her product is inside Walmart. It's inside Amazon or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? And so, um, so my, I guess my point is, is that expose yourself to the industry. Be open and learn. And there's a lot of places to play in. You know, you can be a certain, you can be an employee somewhere because even employees get equity in companies. People don't. Uh, uh, you can you can get equity in companies. Um, as an employee, you don't even have to start. You can get your salary and equity. Um, but um, you're gonna be an employee, you can be the founder, you can be an investor. There's a lot of different ways to play in this industry. Uh, and so the opportunity is just is just open. And we haven't even talked about private equity, that's a whole nother conversation, but 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 that's just a place to begin. Um looking quick, at on Sharp that, on that. not that we oh, not sure. that we want to do a deep dive, but because I, I see those things used interchangeably at times. Can you explain mm -hmm. the difference between venture capital versus private equity? Yeah, simply put, venture capital is where they invest and get a small percentage of the company. Okay. Typically, private equity is where they buy the whole business. That's, in terms of making it simple, I'll say, it, without going even deeper, that's it. VCs, we invest a small amount of money into a company and help it grow. Uh, private equity, they go around looking for businesses to buy. Similar to buying, like, think of private equity like a real estate uh, a person trying to buy an apartment building. Mm -hmm. That's that's the same thing. Okay. They just buying businesses. I mean, they can buy real estate too, but they just no, they, I got you. they own got most you. of America. 
Yeah, yeah, they do. They're buy as a, as a matter of fact, right now the private equity firms are who's buying up all the real estate. Um, yeah, but uh, here's the question I have: so obviously you can't say yes to every deal that comes across your uh, your desk. I mean, but and I don't know if you can name a specific company, but what would you say? Like you know, um, have you had like big misses where? for whatever reason you didn't invest in that company just, you know, exploded and you're like, wow, that was a huge miss. Have you had that experience in your career yet? Um, not, not, ex I'm trying to think about some of the deals that we, that we did. Um, well, 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 um, regarding the portfolio that we had, um, not exactly. But there were some other deals that I was a part of that did, and it was like, crap, I wish I had a little bit of equity. Because some deals I, I kind of worked on or been a part of for some capacity, but did not have any equity in it. And so okay. um, there, were, there, were a couple, there were a couple like that that I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't want to name any names. So there's some <laughs> well, I got you. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you may have helped me along, but there just were, didn't take equity. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, and it sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to cause you no trauma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, a couple of questions before we get out of here it, it, along this journey of yours, right? So, you're starting as a kid in, in, in Delaware, you know, you, you said you always had the hustle spirit, you know, you, you stayed in Delaware, went to University of Delaware, but you made those connections along this journey to get you from where you started to where you are now, what would you say is like the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome? Yeah, uh, I would say one thing is um, this, I didn't know there was a label for it, this imposter syndrome thing. Mm. Um, and, and because it, a lot of my, a lot of my hurdles was mental because, you know, I grew up kind of differently. I didn't, I didn't really get support for my journey on my path that I, I kind of had to walk this path on my own. So my immediate influence referring to my family, they were, I love them dearly. Um, and, but they weren't really, they didn't see my, what was in my head. And uh, they didn't really necessarily support my vision for my life the way I would prefer. And so then when I start making some headway and some traction, um, I think I suffered because I didn't have that pedigree such as Harvard or the MBA. And even though I had the experience, you know, I, I, I sometimes feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here kind of feeling. Gotcha. And um, and so as a result of that, I probably missed out on opportunities as a result of that. You know what I mean? I mean, now I'm, I'm much better now. I mean, I probably still suffer from here and there. But um, and my, my wife said this um, uh, uh, um, uh, to me is that you need to have a confidence equivalent to an average white man, you know? Um, and that's and because they, they, they oh, that's interesting. Uh, at least the audacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At least the audacity because there's this, there's 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 a situation where I have another company too that I'm working on. I'm building trying to build a, uh, a e harmony for buying and selling businesses. Um, okay. So think of bit by biz by sale. Yeah, I'm about to ask or, you so um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so something like that, but a chance to build relationships to get more meaningful deals done. But anyway. Um, and so I've been exploring more of the private equity. So uh, how are we pivot from another direction? We were trying to do fractional franchise investing to allow people to invest small amounts into franchises. And so, um, so what happened was is that we pivoted around that because there was a lot of regulation. And, you know, I'm bootstrapping and all this and that. But there was another guy who came up out of nowhere to mirror what we were doing, which is fine. I, I expect competition. I have no issue with that. I don't even have an issue with him. What I have the issue is, is that 
you know, when I start talking to some investors and they was like, oh, you got to get a deal done first, which honestly is the right answer. You know what I mean? Because they want to prove out that you can find a deal and, and get people to put money into it and, and do mm-hmm. it. Because that's a, that's a solid question to ask, right? Yeah. But then I know another guy who didn't do any of that. He's a different persuasion than I am, who raised over a million something dollars, you know, for really a website and a sign up list. Man, and that's you know, and that and that that kind of floored me a little bit. Not with him, you know, because I'm all like, get your money, right? Yeah. But it was like you, you. For, I'm, I'm questioning the, the the investors. I'm like, what happened to the typical protocol of investing? Number one, you know what I mean. And and so because yeah. I know I have more credentials than than he does. And so so my point is saying all that is that example of the apostle. I'm like, okay, Pedro, like you gotta like level up and just. And just just swing for the fences. I'm not saying that I, I don't, but you got to get rid of that syndrome thing. You know what I mean? Because you got to, uh, um, because in that scenario, it's like, dude, how did you, how did he do that off of just a website when I'm have way more advanced than he yeah. is? You know, it's interesting, and, and, right? And struggling with and, and, and and shout out to uh, Troy and Rashada, Earn Your Leisure. Uh, they're good brothers. They've been in our pod before too. But I was watching um, their most recent episode. They had uh, Isaac Hayes the Third on, who built Fanbase. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and something that he said on here, he, he kind of said exactly what you said, but a different way. He said that um, when he built that business, he had to actually um, spend six figures to have the app built before he could even approach investors. And he said that he knew uh, white folks that would write something on a napkin and go get funding without having yeah. anything. He said they would literally yeah. just write a thought yeah. on a napkin and get funding when he had yeah. to actually build something first. So he said that yeah. you know, that's still the playing field in that space where we kind of got to uh, go a little bit harder or further to, to get the same yeah. kind of results. And the thing is, he did it, and to your point, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to self-fund and, and get the thing right. That's what you're supposed to He did everything yeah. correct, yeah. you yeah. know? And But, yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I definitely get it. But, yeah, but it, but short answer is that's that's the that, that was my hang-up. And, oh, and then I think um, being okay, being wrong. You know what I mean? Because I think you, we, we grow up in a school system that says you got to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like an embarrassment being wrong. And I was like, it's, it's just okay to make mistakes and be, be wrong with it. You Absolutely. I mean? Everything's a learning process. So I'll say those two things. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, that's a gem right there. Yeah, um, right. So, Corey, you have any questions you want to ask the brother? I do. I have a couple of questions. One, if, um, when you were, um, you know, in college and you were making these, building these relationships, um, and then you moved into the business world with those relationships, how did that affect your family life? Um, in terms of like, did it did it in terms of quality time and all that type of yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how yeah. Much, so, like the, so the, the, the time commitment for it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm still paying for that today with my wife. Um, so, um, yeah. So, so, so here's here's a little quick two two second story. So, I worked a lot how i am so my wife thought like when we were dating that was going to change so you know tip ladies you know where which what you see is what you get with the man all right you know what you see what you get she saw me working a lot and she thought that was going to change when we got married the reality is it did not change you know what i mean i was still working and i do have some regrets i could there's times i probably could have Held back, and especially sometimes I have this uh, ill will a little bit because some of those earlier projects didn't work out the way I wanted to, and it was like, man, I could have spent more time. But um, 
So now I'm kind of making that up. But um, uh, uh, but it, it there was that tension in the beginning because did not really spend that amount of quality time um, uh, uh, in those earlier stages. And so um, there, there, there was that, there, there was that uh, tension. And then, then now some years later, I had to have a, a son, um, you know, that, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, my, my son went viral back in fall of 2019. Um, so is that delicate balance of that managing that even still today, you know? So there, it's, I don't know the answer to solution to that, but it's, it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle. And yeah. The, second, ahead, the second question I have is, um, when you're in these boardrooms or when people bring deals to you and you're looking over a deal, what's the number one thing that will make you automatically just put it in the in the circular? Uh, <laughs> like if you just see it, you know, like that's never gonna gonna work. What's the number one thing that you just dismiss a Good not, not question. Okay. Like, no, no, not not the, not the number one thing that'll make you draw to it, but a draw away. Like, yeah, I'm never doing that. Well, um, it may not be happen right away, but dishonesty in something. It can really turn me off. Meaning that, um, so let's just say you're telling me in a conversation that you're doing a hundred grand in revenue or something like that, uh, 500 grand in revenue, whatever it is. And then I said, okay, cool. Cause I'm, cause I'm the type of guy, you know, you know, I, I, I'm gonna take your word, right? And I, you're innocent to proven guilty. But then when I pull everything back, you, you don't have that. Then I'm like, okay, well then what else are you lying about? Can I trust you even later on? And so um, I will say dishonesty. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, cause I know a lot of times early stage companies, they don't always have everything together. Um, but I will say that, uh, oh, well, Something else did pop in. So dishonesty in terms of, you know, communicating to me. Because if something, here's another tip for anybody listening. If something isn't great, it's okay to say it isn't great. Allow that investor to digest that. He still may, he or she still may move forward with it. Because mm-hmm. they may know how to fix it. Yeah. You know, the worst thing you could do is act like that thing don't, don't work. So, so be honest. The other thing is a lot of fluff, meaning like buzzword people. You know, so... You're, you're, you, you, all you're doing is telling me that, you, you know, so like, for example, like uh, a crypto, you know, um, uh, 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 Web 3.0, if that's your whole conversation and you're not solving like a real problem, I'm, 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 a, I'm gonna be, I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna I see that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you, you can read through that because, you know, because not to say that those things are those industries are not a valid industry, but my some my take on that is that you're just a person and trying to win over on a hot hot a hot ticket. You're yeah. not really solving a real problem for somebody. You're just trying to uh, win somebody over on on something that's hot and trendy. Because once that's not hot and trendy anymore, you want to move on to the next hot the, trendy yeah. thing. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I'll say those two things. All right. So, um, of course, anything else you want to ask? No, that that's that's it. You know what I mean? Well, like, since we got a couple more, we can get out of here. I just want to ask you, uh, what is your? Because you mentioned earlier about having to study and read books when you are making this transition into venture capital. So, it doesn't have to be any book in venture capital. But what would you say is your favorite book or book that's inspired you along your journey? It could be a book or a couple. Yeah, I, I um, there's three books. They're not really venture books, but these are just books that um, my brain reflects to a lot throughout my okay. life. 
So the one is probably the most famous one everyone knows. He's a rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the one. There's another one. Why should all the white guys have all the fun? That's um, uh, that's yep. a, that speaks to um, Lewis. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, private equity and buying businesses. Another book is called the I read this a long time ago, and uh, uh, Twenty Two Immutable Laws of Marketing. Yep. And uh, this is a marketing book that um, I read years ago. And the one thing out of that book that makes me keep reflecting on it is always trying to carve a niche, being that first in something that kind of gives you that first hand advantage of carving that that niche, trying to find that angle. Mm-hmm. So I would say those three books are the books that I, I reflect on a lot throughout my life and venture private equity whatever certain businesses whatever whatever it is those are books i reflect on okay that's good stuff right there man so um man this has been a, a very educational for myself uh, so i appreciate your time what is the future hold <laughs> no, for thank you it hey, was the future hold for you Pedro? what are some of the things you're looking to do moving forward from here on out yeah yeah so um uh high level i want to i would love to just be able to keep investing in startups and buying businesses right um, but breaking that down a little bit more is that um, I am trying to work on having my own venture fund. Um, and, and so eventually I, I probably talk to like LPs, people might want to invest in that. And I want to focus on investing in black and brown uh, women led companies. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, too, there's two other things I'm, I'm trying to do, too, because and these, this can be software, it can be consumer products, by the way. I'm trying to figure out also how to help more black and brown people build consumer product companies mm-hmm. and get them inside stores. So um, I don't I don't have a solution for that yet. I'm still trying to figure that out because, you know, I'm building connections with, you know, big box retailers like Costco, Target and all of them shop rights, you know. So I have connections to kind of help people funnel into these places. And so I but I need more to see more and more consumer products. And the other thing is um, two more things is one. I also figuring out how to see if there's a way to connect celebrities or influencers to get equity in businesses to help these businesses get more exposure because that, that's one thing with these early stage companies they gotta they gotta get reach and if some if an if, if influencer or or because it happens a lot I see it a lot you know some people get equity uh, by just doing something you know what I mean yeah. and so it is if that's a way to help and then lastly going back to my fun if you company just building that building a new marketplace for people to buy and sell cash flow in businesses uh in, in an easier way but summing up investing in this guy just want to invest in early stage startup companies and buy small businesses help people in any capacity to get that done yeah and that's the interesting about it. like so I, I go and buy a business every once in a while just because i think it's interesting um sometimes coming from a real estate background you know, I've seen people, you know, drop fifty, hundred thousand dollars on property, and I think a lot of times when we look at these businesses, we don't recognize that we can own these businesses. Sometimes even cheaper than that. Oh, absolutely. You know, so oh, I go my business. I'm looking at franchises selling for you know fifty k, twenty five k. I'm like, oh, you know, um, didn't know you can get into that space for this price. So I think a lot, a lot and of it you- is probably education too. A lot of people probably don't understand just how much money they need to get in certain businesses. You're right. And that's, I guess, another thing I'm doing. I am I am trying to do better at building my personal brand because, one, I'm tired of seeing a lot of the garbage out there in terms of business tips and all that. A lot of it's garbage, in my opinion. It's not yeah. really helpful for our community. And the other thing is, too, if I if I had a huge following, I'm able to get in more deals even better. I'm able to have conversations with people even better, and I'm able to just make things happen even better. Um, but part of the reason, too, is about the education piece because you're absolutely right. You know, um, 
you can negotiate deals right before the pan in the middle of the pandemic. Me and my friend were about to buy a business. Well, we were it, we were in the middle of buying it. We already had it negotiated. Purchase agreement was drafted, and um, but I was able to get the, the I was able to get like seventy five percent, sixty to seven percent off the asking price they originally had offered, and I got it down. The, the the down payment was equivalent to buying a car, a regular car, like a Toyota car. Wow, and that's how much I was able to get them down. And so my point is, is that. And also, too, there's other people who be buying business. Like, I, I remember hearing a story of someone bought like a $30 million company for 150 grand, right? <laughs> so it's just a matter of access, connections, and learning. Like, I have a, I have a connector who, who lends people to buy businesses, but the only difference is you got to buy business, got to be have at least about $2 million in profit annually. So they're a lot bigger. But, but, but when you get in that world, it's, it's a little bit different. It, they don't even care about credit that much. Mm-hmm. They care about the the deal itself, and so um, uh, so so anyway, my, my, uh, so back to your point. Yeah, it, I I think there's a lot, and I think a lot of us, even if you have a, like a contracting company, you can buy some company, and you can go from one million dollars in revenue for your business to two million dollars because you bought another million dollar company. Boom, you consolidated it. Yeah, you know. So there's just a lot of learnings that we can do and really like own 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 territory. Yeah, man. So listen for the folks out there listening or watching. I'm going to put Pedro's IG and information um, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the description box. Make sure to follow him. If you have any questions, reach out to him. But see, see the businesses that he's helping to build um, and get the education. Because I think that, in my opinion, at least, that's a, that's a huge part of it. Because um, yeah. these last couple of episodes, I got a huge education. Like, even when it comes to, like, buying hotels, it, it's like I always thought of that as being this big thing. Now it seems more attainable. Looking at some of these bigger businesses, um, it seems more attainable once you have the education and the knowledge. You just said buying a business for the price of a Toyota. Like most people don't even recognize you can do that. So um, yeah, yeah, it's important for us to get that. And by the way, too, regarding that that hotel, sorry to interrupt. I I Mm -hmm. connected a guy uh, that was able to invest um, as a a passive investor in two hotels. And I think he only invested probably like 10 grand. And and now he's a partial owner in two hotels, you know, as a result of that. that. And that's what I'm saying. But a lot of times we don't recognize that. We think you need millions and millions of dollars to get into some of these deals, and nah. you don't, and you don't. So don't that's where the edu- that's where the education comes into play. Um, but man, Pedro, I just want to say thank you so much for your time, uh, sharing. No problem. Thank you guys. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody out there that's listening or watching, please, please, uh, look up Pedro and, and see what he's got going on because um, we need uh, more of us to get this education, man. Corey, you got any last words for the brother? Again, amazing. Like, <laughs> like every time I, I sit and have one of these conversations. With one of the brothers and sisters that come on our podcast, I learned so much. Like, I was like, damn, you could do that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm, you know, we 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 get deals passed across our plate. <laughs> yeah, we get 10, 10 deals a day passed across our plate. Yeah. But yeah, it's still just looking at, you know, all of the things that people do, and especially something like you do where you're in a in a space that not very many of us are in. Like, it's it's amazing. And I thank you taking the time to become an expert in a field that we don't have a lot of experts in so thank you absolutely no i appreciate it i think this is just a good exposure introduction because a lot of real estate investors you you are you can invest in a lot of these things as part of diversifying your portfolio yeah you know mm-hmm. and, and so so yeah yeah absolutely and it's much easier today than it was years ago when i first got started okay yeah so we'll definitely be in touch just want to say thank you again to our audience no out problem. there you know make sure you check out pedro um, and thank you guys for all the support that you give us. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. 
We'll see you guys on the next episode. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Yeah.